Welcome to the first episode of Straight to DVD. Thank you for taking the time out of your very busy day to listen to what we have to say about Avengers Endgame. Wow. Seemed like a logical place to start. At the end. At the end of the game. (laughs) So, this is what, Raph? The 22nd or 23rd Marvel film? 22 or 23. 22 or 23. I think it's end of phase three, but not really the end of phase three. Because Spider Man Far From Homecoming was the dessert. Was a a bit of an epilogue, if you will. Yes. I I didn't see Spider Man. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Yes, I'm digressing immediately. Yeah. We're here to talk about. Yeah, we're talking about Endgame. Uh, Raph, did you like it? Uh, that's a good place to start. (laughs) I did like it. Um, it's obviously the end of an era. Um, extremely impressive what Marvel's been able to do over the last 11 to 12 years in terms of essentially building a a TV series on Mm -hmm. the big screen Mm -hmm. for fans to enjoy. And I guess in a sense, Endgame was kind of our, it was our epilogue, or our, it was our series finale rather. Yes, for the, the, the film series television thing in theaters over the course of, I guess, what was it, 11 years? 11 or 12 years. 23 films in 12 years. Yeah, we should probably come into this having correct stats and figures yes, instead of just... Uh, instead of ballparking yeah. everything that we're talking about. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we'll do that next time. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, it seems like a good film to start with considering it is... The highest grossing movie of all time beat Titanic. Yay, uh, Disney. Two weeks ago. Yeah, right? It's like, oh, Disney was... Avatar was number one with thank, yeah. with Disney. And now Disney, again, has Still done it. One. They've done it again. But, uh, you know, I think it is well-deserved. I think uh, it's, it's quite impressive that over that course of time they were able to weave all these stories together and none of these actors died... <laughs> some were replaced but aside from that it's like 12 years to have all these people work on this thing to finally build up to the thing that they were building towards because it's like at the end of the first Avengers movie which I believe came out in 2012 yeah seven years ago they teased Thanos Josh Brolin the big bad boy who was behind everything and they built up to it and they delivered I think I would say so. Yeah. All right, let's dive into the movie. Yeah. What, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, what did you like about it? Well, so Endgame is a little weird because it's like... I mean, this is another thing. It's like, can you can you judge this movie by itself? Like, can somebody... So this is something we were talking about last week. It's like, can you recommend somebody see this movie if they haven't seen all the other Marvel movies? Um, I th- I would say the answer is probably no, <laughs> which is fine because it's like why would you see this movie unless you have some idea of of, of what's, what's going, going on? on. It's yeah. like it's like watching a TV. It's like you know you're watching Breaking Bad, and the season five series finale is on, and you're just like oh let me check this out. It's like you're not gonna have any idea what's happening. So like why you know maybe you'd enjoy it, but you, I don't think you'd really understand the stakes or what's come before, of course. But uh, in spite of that, you know I'm sure. You could trim it down, and there's maybe, like, five or six that you need to watch to, like, understand, like, maybe all the Avengers movies and, like, maybe the first Iron Man or Civil War or whatever are the only ones you need to watch. And then you can understand and get an idea of what's, like, happening. Um, 
But in spite of that, uh, I did I, I, I did really enjoy it because I think the the biggest issue that I have with with any of these Marvel films is that they feel like episodes and when you like when six months go by and then you finally get the next episode and it feels like an episode, it's like, oh well I'm going to the movies to watch a movie. I like to have a, a beginning, a middle and an end. And of course they're all each of the films are, are self contained in their own right. Uh, especially like the standalone ish ones like the Doctor Strange movie or like the Ant Man movie or the Captain Marvel movie. It's like they are their own stories. But of course they're they're pieces of the bigger picture. Uh, so what I appreciated about this was it finally felt like it had an ending and it wasn't like, oh, here's what's coming next or just wait, we're going to get to this next thing. We're almost there. Like we had this conflict, but there's this other conflict. And of course they're making more movies, but this was essentially, uh, you know, the finale and, and there was a finality to it. A lot of arcs were completed. A lot of characters, um, you know, met their end, so to speak. And so I think it was their first film that I enjoyed because of that reason, where it was like, okay, I am satisfied. As opposed to like, oh, I'm ordering, I'm at a, a you know, a, a restaurant, I'm ordering like a steak and mashed potatoes. And it's like, they give me the mashed potatoes and it's like, where's my steak? It's like, oh, I finally got this, my steak. Fine, you know. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is our steak. This, this is, is a, a, yes. This is the steak of the uh, yes, and it is of the MCU. It is very well done. I appreciate that. Uh, I guess a little quick synopsis you gave us. I, I like that. I mean, I don't really have anything to add in terms of uh, you know the the whole idea of wrapping up the the MCU in, in this movie. Um, a few things that you said that I do want to touch on. Uh, I think first we should go into these character arcs. Mm-hmm. Some really good ones um, that once again are played out on the big screen, but read like we're watching the series finale of a show. So I guess the two biggest characters that we have in the MCU up to this point are Iron Man, aka Tony Stark, played by Robert Downey Jr., and uh, Captain America, aka Steve Rogers, played by Mr. Chris Evans. Yes, that is correct. Um. And we get a lot of, you know, taste in, in previous Marvel movies in terms of who these characters are, you know, where we're being led in terms of their journeys. You know, we start out and Tony Stark is, you know, kind of all about me. Look at me. I, I'm Iron Man. I'm, you know, the most important person in any room that I walk into. It's all about me, me, me. Uh, Steve Rogers, on the other hand, you know, from the first Captain America movie, we're kind of seeing him as a as a more selfless character, you know, he's always willing to put his life on the line for the team, so to speak. Um, and we get some bits throughout, you know, some of the other Avengers movies. I think there's a line in the first Avengers where Rogers, he's, uh, he's talking to Tony Stark about how he's not a team player and says, you know, you'll never be the guy to put your, your life on the line and cut the wires while the other guy, you know, goes out and gets to be the hero. And boom, the end of Endgame, we finally get that moment. Tony Stark, he's selfless, and he gives himself up for he, everyone else. So he cuts the wire, beat, dude. So that we can beat Thanos. Um, in a kind of... I don't want to say inexplicable kind of way, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense within the, the canon that they've built, but we can circle back on that later. Right, right. Well, I mean, you know, it was like... 
I think everybody, well, I mean, you know, if you're listening to this, I'm assuming you've already seen the film, so we're just going to talk about spoilers. Like, we're just going to talk about what happens and who dies, so don't get upset. The movie's been out for a very long time. I think a lot of people expected Cap to die in this film. Um, they definitely were teasing it throughout, but I think it makes sense that it was always going to be Tony, like he's the grandpappy of this whole cinematic universe. Uh, Starts with him, it ends with him. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I thought it was a fitting end for him. You know, you, 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 you make a good point. You brought up this whole, oh, their arcs start in their first films and then they, they collide in the first Avengers film and it's like, oh, the, how, how they grow over the course of these movies. And something that I... The Endgame is what, what about? It's like three hours long, right? It's, it's the longest movie they've made, if I recall correctly. Yeah. A little over three hours. I think like three hours and six minutes or something, counting the credits. But... Uh, it didn't feel long. Um, it felt like they needed everything they, they, they put into it. And I think the reason it's effective is because they, they sprinkle those things early on in the film, like especially with like Cap, his whole... Like his, his arc ending with Peggy makes the most sense. Um, and him finally getting that dance with her at the end was really the so only... Sweet. It was It was perfect. It was so like sweet. The only way they could have ended that... Um, but it's like, you know, they, they, like, you know, he's checking out her locket. He sees when they go back in time, he sees her through the blinds in her office. And, you know, uh, they, they set that up, of course, uh, because that's where he's going to end up. But it's also effective because, like, if you haven't seen those movies, you're, you're still getting some idea. Or if you have seen them and don't remember it that much, it's like a refresher. It's just like, oh, yes, this is, this is what's going on in this guy's mind. This is what he cares about. And we're in this, this final episode of sorts and this is what he's building towards, and that's where he ends up. It was very appropriate, and I thought it was very well built in that standpoint, in the film alone, uh, which, was, which was great, because, that, you know, that, that ties back to the whole, uh, is this film effective by itself, not having seen the others? And, you know, that's, of course that's up for debate, but, like, in the film itself, they, they sprinkle these things with her, and then with Tony, it's, it's, it's actually quite brilliant the way they, they sort of set him up throughout the movie, uh, it's almost like a, a reset of an Iron Man story because when he gets back to Earth at the beginning, he's like he's out of commission, and then the, the five-year jump goes by, and he's like he's not Iron Man anymore. He's living with with uh, with Potts uh, by the lake with Pepper Potts by the lake. Uh, got the baby. They got the baby. He's got the kid. He's living his life, and and he's happy. And it's sort of like him suiting up again, becoming a hero again. Because it's like, oh, what is the heroic thing to do? It's like, oh, my life is fine. I have this family. I don't have to do anything. But he realizes the world is completely, like, ruined by this horrible event. And he is the only one, in addition to all these other heroes, that can figure out <laughs> how to go back in time. <laughs> it's only him He's with the a only team one. of superheroes. Yes, and he, he invents time travel... In an evening, it's very. Yeah. He's a genius. Uh, he's the smartest guy in the room, yeah, unless Bannon's in there. Then yes, that's maybe true. not. It's yes, kind of a one A one B kind of kind of situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. But it's uh, you know, it's 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 great the way they, they set him up because it's like it's him becoming a hero again in the film itself, but um, also kind of for the first time in the whole MCU. I guess with the exception of the battle in New York when he he sacrifices himself to right. send the bomb into right. space. Right. But besides that, he doesn't have many 
selfless moments where he's laying himself on the line for for the you know right. the better of he, the people. He, he's always come out unscathed in spite yeah. of everything that he's you know all the, his his uh, his adversaries, everything he and the team have have fought. This is the first time that. Uh, you know, when I when I first watched the film, the, the word like consequences was was in my mind a lot because, like I was saying, with all these other movies, it's just like, oh, okay, they they beat the bad guy and they've all lived. Now they're moving on to the next threat. And I like in superhero movies. This is part of why I like Logan so much, and and you know, and Dark Knight and all the, the, these other superhero movies that I think a lot of people consider to be the best ones, is that you know, there's there is. Uh, Stakes and threat and consequence and you know the people we're watching probably aren't going to come out on the other side uh, unscathed or alive, quite simply. And he doesn't, um, and that's what I, I I like so much about this movie is the the sense of finality to it. And you know, sure they have this whole multiverse thing that they're they're going to explore now and with this time travel thing. Oh, of course these we can always get cameos and see these people again. But it's like him. Like sacrificing himself to bring to to not even to bring all the people back because Banner is the one that does that if I recall correctly, but like to stop the threat, like he sacrifices himself to erase this whole army, and it's like that's you know the heroic thing to do, and it's a, the the perfect way to to end his character. Uh, Did you cry? Uh, I I cried. I think there were there were two scenes where I cried. I cried at the end. When Steve was dancing with Peggy, I mean, like I knew it was—I knew it was coming. As soon as he goes into the teleport at the end to return the stones, and he looks at Bucky, and, he, and Bucky's like, "I'll see you in a sec," or whatever, whatever the line is. I was like, "Oh, he's not—he's he's not coming back. Like he's gonna go live his life with her." And then, you know, they—they they frame it perfectly well where he, he comes back on the bench and he's old, and you know, we don't need to see the, the, the his life with her at all or really hear about him. Like, there's no dialogue when we flash to the past and see him dancing with her. But it's just that this this perfect like scene of just who for, for his entire life has has fought for for his country and and and, and the world and, and the world and the universe and the universe <laughs> right that's true he does the, he goes to space yes. <laughs> uh, he is not necessarily doing a selfish thing but he's he's doing something that makes him happy it's and it's it's a great character growth for him because it's always like putting somebody else first or or, or uh, ult- uh, not Ultron, what, uh, not Tr- Vision. Vision says in in uh, Infinity War, uh, Ro- Captain Rogers, you laid your life down all those years ago to to save all these people, and that's the kind of person he is. He's always going to put others first um, and make the hero play. And basically, it what Tony does is kind of in character for Cap, but because Tony does it, Cap can now live the life that he was deprived of when he went into the ice. So it's just like a, a lovely little ending. It's beautiful. Uh, it is. It's great. I th- you know, the movie, as far as I'm concerned, like, is about the two of them yeah. and where they end up. Like, they really are the, the stars of the show. Um, so in, in that capacity, I thought the film was very effective. I thought it was extremely entertaining um, and well-written. It, you know, f- funny enough... Um, and it didn't bother me at all because I, I you know, we, we we've seen action scenes in all of these Marvel movies. There's not really a whole lot of like action or no. in this film until you don't like get a the lot end. Of fight yeah, it's it's just that that big battle at the end where everyone comes back. But until then, it's just you know them building the time machine, then getting the team back together, and them going back in time and and the adventures when they're back in time 
getting the stones, uh, which I really enjoyed because it's like this this great like two and a half hour build up to everybody coming back and then fighting. It's a very dramatic read, which is something that I wanted to to touch on. Um, I mean, it, w- it was enjoyable. It wasn't kind of a, a build-up where, you know, you're going in and expecting a big action movie where you're going to have tons of fights and awesome, you know, CGI battles and aliens coming in and, you know, shit's blowing up and whatnot. You don't really go in expecting that. Um, and the build-up is kind of done pretty perfectly. Um but, you know, I mean, a lot of the times I found myself questioning why I was so invested in, you know, the emotional feelings of big, giant, purple, muscular, and green dudes. They're like, <laughs> well, you killed my father, and I'm going to avenge my sister, and this is my daughter, and one is purple, or one is green, and the other one's blue. And there's a big purple dude crying, and I'm like, why, why the fuck do I care about why this purple dude is is crying throughout the movie, right, but right. I find myself super emotionally involved in in terms of what's going on in these lives of people who run around wearing spandex and hitting each other. I, I mean, I think that's just a testament to to what they've done over the last eleven or twelve years in terms of you know not only giving us great action movies, but I feel like we didn't notice while we were watching these other Marvel movies that they're dropping in little hints and you know key points in terms of who these different characters are, you know, what, what gets them going, what, what ticks them off, what pisses them off, um, and to see it all kind of come together at the end was, was pretty beautiful. Absolutely. I agree. Well, you know, it's, the scale of it, I think, is, is, is interesting because, you know, you look at the earlier movies and when they're all self-contained and slowly building up to the first Avengers movie, which is, by comparison, a very small <laughs> cast and film compared to the, these newer ones. Um, but you have something like the first Iron Man or the first Captain America uh, where they're very self-contained, like, grounded stories. And, like, there's no aliens, there's no space shit, there's, like, not really magic or anything. It's like the first Iron Man is just like, oh, it's just a tech genius who builds a robotic suit and he, like, tries to, you know stop war and like promote peace in the Middle East I guess um, and so it's like a very grounded earthly story and then it's slowly 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 like oh now here are aliens and uh, sorcerers and giant monsters and and AI and robots that they have to fight um, and it's like you know watching early on like the early Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies that are, you know, very grounded and, and uh, self-contained uh, to, to then be in this one and you see Spider-Man riding on the back of a flying horse holding uh, a, 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 a gauntlet with magic gems in it and he then webs onto a flying hammer <laughs> after that it's just like, what, like, what this is insanity what, how did we what? get here? Yeah, how did we get here? Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's talk, you know, saying it out loud it sounds ridiculous but it, it, it works, and, it, and uh, I think it's effective on screen, especially having them taking the time over all these years to build up to it. Um, and it's like, you know, it's easy, it's easy to take yourself out of it and be like, this is, like, this is ridiculous, what I'm watching. Sir, this, this makes no sense. This is, this is, what do uh, the Hawkeye says in, 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 in uh, Age of Ultron? He goes, uh, we're fighting an army of robots. The city is flying... I have a bow and arrow. None of this makes any sense. (laughs) 
And it's like I was thinking that while watching the end battle of, of Endgame. I mean, so, we don't really have a lot of moments in this one that, that take you out of it, um, which is good. I mean, it works within the story world that they've created. Um, I mean, that, that's a sign of good storytelling that you're not really taken out of it unless you're a cynical asshole like the two of us that you can just sit there and, and enjoy it for, for kind of what it is. Right, like, you, if you go see this movie, you've either seen all the others and you like these movies and you want to see the finale of it, or I'm not sure why else you would go see this film. I can't imagine somebody would go see this film who, like, doesn't like the other movies to, in some capacity. Uh, so... I, I don't know if I've really spoken to anybody who's a fan of the MCU who's seen this movie and not liked it. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there are people who don't like it for whatever reason or, or don't rank it as high as, as, the, as the other ones in the, in the series. But, you know, it goes back to the thing, like, can you... What, could Is it even possible to suggest this film to somebody who hasn't seen any of the others and it's just like, oh, what do you want to watch tonight? I How about we throw on Avengers Endgame? Oh, I haven't seen any of the other ones. Oh, well, you'll love this one. Oh, that doesn't matter at all. You yeah. can totally just jump right in here. What, what do you think, Raph, someone would think of this film if they haven't seen any of the others and then sit down and, and watch this? I would imagine they probably wouldn't like it. I, I mean, they'd <laughs> probably turn it off about halfway through. Yeah. I mean, you're watching a bunch of characters talk about shit that you have, you have no idea what they're talking about. You're not invested in the lives or character arcs of any of these characters. Right, right. Um, it kind of doesn't make any sense if you're looking at it from an outsider's perspective uh, there's really nothing to enjoy if you don't already have some sort of understanding and uh, haven't already enjoyed some of the other Marvel movies right I guess maybe if you watch it back to back with Infinity War you like do Infinity War and then you watch this one I guess maybe that that's more of a an easy way for someone who hasn't seen it because you know there's so much setup in Infinity War and you learn who Thanos is and and you see what he does, and 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 where all these people disappear to after he succeeds, and so maybe if you watch Infinity War and then Endgame to someone who hasn't seen all the others, it, it would it, uh, surely make more sense um, and be more of a standalone. But you know, it's like you're either gonna like this movie or you're not. Yeah, I think is what it boils down to. You're either invested in 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 this universe they've created or you're not. Uh, so I think it simply boils down to it's you can't really suggest the movie to somebody who hasn't seen a couple of the others or somebody who doesn't like these kind of films, so to speak. Um, Mike, we've we've talked a lot about what we do like, and I feel like the real reason why we're here is to tell people why they shouldn't enjoy movies like this. Absolutely, nobody how dumb they are no, for liking this. Nobody stuff. wants to hear people be optimistic. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're wants here to, that. We're here to ruin people's dreams. Yeah, we're here to tear films to shreds. Yeah, we're here to rain on parades. Uh, okay, what what didn't we like in the movie? What didn't we think worked, I guess? Oh, man. Uh, how much time you got, brother? Uh, <laughs> let's start with uh, one of my least favorite scenes slash arcs in this. Mm -hmm. Something that just didn't work um, in terms of the emotional draw and connection felt to a specific character or characters and I am of course talking about Hawkeye and Black Widow uh, and their uh, yeah. their sacrifice scene yes. Um, yes, 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 yes scene itself went on for way too long 
Um, I don't think we need to recap it for people. Uh, I don't. I don't particularly want. I, to I don't recap want to it. recap it <laughs> myself. Uh, but the whole time I was, I was watching it. I could not have cared less which character ended up dying. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't care about their relationship with each other. I, I don't think that we're given enough in in past films to fully appreciate, you know, the kind of friendship that we're going for here. Um, and why the two care about each other so much. We just know that they're friends from before and then teamed up with the Avengers and they, they've still been friends and then they don't want to see the other one die because they feel the other one has so this, much more to live for. This Black Widow movie that they're releasing next year, they should have done it before Endgame yeah. and it should have explored Hawkeye and Black Widow's relationship in this Black Widow movie to an extent. So we have some reference to, you know, they, they talk about Budapest, and they talk about their past and how they always had each other's backs, and it's like, sure, they're they're close, and they've always been close in the Avengers movies, but, you know, to have a whole big chunk of the film revolve around the two of them getting the stone and having to go through that. Oh, and the and the other the other problem with that scene too is we've already seen that scene in Infinity War with yeah. Thanos and Gamora. It's the same scene. Yeah, it plays out the exact same way, but it's so much more effective in Infinity War because you're not sure what's about to happen. Um, and it's like you're you're watching the scene again, and the, the the way this the way Endgame starts is with Hawkeye's family disappearing. Being, Didn't see that one coming, yeah, right? Being oh, being man. dusted. The second yeah. it, it cuts to them on the on his farm, I was like, oh, okay, his whole family is about to die. Yeah, <laughs> that's how it's. I mean, uh, the exact same thought, and another instance of mo- moviegoers being complete idiots. There were audible gasps in the theater where when I was watching it. How did how does everyone? not immediately know when they see his family oh we're having a good time and he's teaching his his daughter how to to shoot bows and arrows and he's just you know loving his wife and his kids like obviously they're gonna fucking get dusted that's the only thing that can happen in this scene well the fact that they even included that scene uh, which was uh, you know I I I watched an interview with I think one of the Russo brothers where or it may may have been one of the writers they wanted uh, Infinity War to end with that scene um, and the but Rus- it's so much more effective in the beginning of Endgame. Right, right. the Russos are like, then the writer says, oh, the, they said, this is a great scene, let's just start the next one off with it. Um, which is fine, but then, the, the, the thing is, if you have a half of a mind, and you're including this little Hawkeye arc with his family in the film, he is going to see his family again at the end, so when you have the two of them go to get this stone, you're like, oh, well, it's obviously going to be her that does it. Uh, I didn't care which one it was. Yeah, it's... <laughs> I would be fine with Hawkeye dying and never seeing his family again. Yeah, well, um, get ready, because Hawkeye, Hawkeye Plus is coming to Disney Plus. Can't wait, can't wait for it. Starring young, young, um, uh, young Hawkeye S, his daughter, whatever her name is. Silly. Yeah. There, I mean, there's also really... Hawkeye doesn't deserve to see his family... Hawkeye deserves to be miserable. He deserves to either be miserable or, or die. I mean, we see what the what the snap does to him, and he goes off on this vigilante, you know, crusade, killing criminals all across the world because, you know, they like, how come they deserve to live when there are millions of others who were innocent people and they just disappeared and they got to right, die and... Right. These criminals get to live. It was kind of a half-baked 
thing they were doing with him and all yeah. that. And it, like, lasted for one scene. And then, like, oh, now he's just back on the team. And it's like, yeah. well, you, you could have had that be a part of the Black Widow movie, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, well, that's the thing. is like, there's so many moving parts in this movie. There's so many characters and so much screen time that needs to be devoted to certain things that they're like, oh, we just need one scene for this. And now that's done, and we're done. And, and we understand. Yeah, yeah. We all get it. Yeah. We're all on the same page here. Right. And yeah. I, gu- I guess that's fine. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, we have to travel back in time and defeat this giant purple monster. Like, why do I really care about him killing Yakuza? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Off in Japan. Yeah. Which, like, I guess it was, like, a, a scene was shot pretty cool. No, yeah, absolutely. It was, I guess it was, yeah, it was some, like, cool sword Purple fight. and blue, like, neon lights. Yeah, absolutely. Doing, like, so we're in Tokyo! Sword, like, samurai sword fights. That was pretty sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for everything that they did right in terms of the Captain America and Iron Man story arcs, uh, yeah. it was all oh, completely uh, botched in terms of Black Widow and Yeah. When you, and, when, and you, when you compare it to that, it's like, oh, it's like not, not even not even a comparison. Uh, we haven't talked about Thor. Fat Thor. Oh, we haven't uh, th- talked about Fat Thor. We have Thor. not talked about Fat Other Thor. Other things that we like. Yeah. We're supposed to be talking about things that we don't like. That's true. Uh, well, a lot of people, and a lot of folks I saw it with, didn't like that Thor was fat the entire movie, which seems very silly to me of a, of a criticism, because it's like, well, is he just going to like summon his hammer and then like get a six-pack yeah. again? That's not like, how that works. There's no time for a, no. a workout montage where he gets back in shape. That's not how weight works. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, that, that didn't necessarily bother me. I guess the if you're going to criticize what they did with him at all, it's the fact that they've essentially... And I guess this is kind of due to Taika Waititi uh, recreating the character in Ragnarok and then how they handled him in Infinity War, which I do really like. They've sort of embraced the, the humorous side of his character, which I think makes him extremely effective because he's like official, like he's a Norse god uh, who has this like weird perspective on everything. Um, but he's just like the butt of like every scene he's in. It's just like oh okay, and there's another fat joke. Yeah, and here's another the fat Lebowski joke. jokes were, right. were pretty good. Right, right. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. That uh, something other people on the internet have said is like if if Jeff Bridges is the big Lebowski. <laughs> Does that mean that Obadiah Stane in Iron Man 1 looks like the big Lebowski as well? Because that's Jeff Bridges. <laughs> I don't get the joke. Well, Jeff- Either, Don't explain it. Okay. <laughs> Moving on! Fat Thor. <laughs> He's fat in this movie. And it's funny. And it's funny. He has a pretty good arc, though. He has that nice scene with his mother. Yeah, he has in, a good arc. In, I mean, in, I think his arc is... right. You, I mean, you talk about how he's a, he's a god. He's kind of never known defeat in his life before he always comes out on top and at the end of Infinity War uh, he seemingly beats Thanos but you know Thanos has that great line you should have gone for the head uh. that was a good Josh Brolin <laughs> yeah thanks man I, I, I've been working on it for a while yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but that's really the first time that he's experienced any sort of defeat or some sense of not coming out on top and we can see in Endgame that it totally defeats and depletes him you know that's why he goes off and gets fat he really has no no sense of purpose anymore if if he can't be the one to defeat thanos then thanos can't be beat and that's kind of how he goes off the deep end and you know has no interest in kind of coming back to the avengers right or helping save the world at this point his his is a big story of failure and it's like what failure does to a person it's like his his mother gets killed 
his father gets killed, his brother gets killed, half of his people get murdered, his home gets blown up. Uh, and, and then he, he gets fat. And then he gets fat. <laughs> and he plays Fortnite and yeah. drinks tequila and Corona with yeah. uh, with a bug and a man made of rock. Yeah. In like, uh, the Netherlands. With a Kiwi accent. Right. With a ki- right. That is, actually, yes, that is Taika Waititi, if, yeah. I, if, I, if I recall correctly. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm curious to see how they handle his character going forward. I'm, I'm glad that... Probably gets fit again. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, in Guardians 3 or... Which Thor he'll have four. Thor four. I guess I'm, which is going to come out first? Probably Guardians three, which I'm pretty sure he's going to be. He signed an, another movie deal for two more movies, so he's going to do the, the fourth Thor movie, and also be in Guardians three. So I imagine in Guardians three they'll be like, oh, he's getting fit again, and then he'll be fit in in Thor. Four. That's pretty sick. Yeah, that's pretty sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It writes itself, dude. Kevin Feige, if you're listening, you should do you should do that. Can I talk about more stuff that I don't like? Yes, Raf. Oh man, I embrace it. I got so much. I got so much for you. I really don't have that much. Um, but all right, so let's let's go back to to Black Widow. Yeah. Um, I saw. And you don't heard, like Black Widow at all, do you? I, I like Black Widow. I just thought her character was handled pretty poorly. Um, I I saw and heard a lot of criticism in terms of the way that female characters, especially her character, the way that they were kind of treated in this. And I guess we'll start with kind of the understanding of, you know, this is essentially a finale for the original three or four Avengers, mm-hmm. Captain America, Iron Man, Thor, and, and the Hulk, maybe, mm-hmm. kind mm-hmm. of sneak them in there. Um, so we really did have to focus a lot of the movie and arc in, on these three characters and, you know, what was happening to them and kind of how their stories were closed out. Yeah. Um, but someone like Black Widow just gets completely shafted. I mean, she... I mean, early she's, in the she's mo- a plot device in yeah. this movie. But so. early in the movie, I mean, she's kind of the one who's, you know, keeping the Avenger initiative together. She's keeping the team together. She's the one who brings back everyone to, you know, find this final way to defeat Thor and, or beat Thanos and bring everyone back. Um... And, you know, for the first kind of half of the movie, she's kind of the strongest and most important character just in terms of bringing everyone back. Um, and then she just totally gets shafted. Totally gets shafted. She she dies, and, and, and that's that. And yeah. no one really cares about her anymore. Yeah, yeah that, that funeral scene with Tony at the end really overshadows her dying. Yeah. <laughs> like, a lot. Yeah. Like, why aren't there two coffins there? Yeah. <laughs> or, or whatever. Yeah, does anyone care about yeah, Black Widow? Yeah, I don't think she's, she's mentioned again, except yeah. Banner's like, I really miss her, man. Yeah. And Hawkeye's like, me too, dude. And that's it. And that's it. Um, but also some of the other female characters, or all of the other female characters, also get shafted and kind of overlooked in this movie. Well, like Captain Marvel, like what, do they, what Marvel. do they even do with her? Yeah, well, I mean, Captain Marvel's a tough one because I, like most people, am not a huge fan of Brie Larson or the Captain Marvel character. Yeah, um, she she really only serves one purpose, and that's to bring Tony Stark back from space so that he doesn't die. And then she disappears. And then the, she disappears the for the rest of the movie, and then well, she comes back and she has a haircut. Right, and then she disappears again. That sick buzz cut. And then she comes back and she flies through one of one the, of Thanos' ships. Ship, yeah, that's right. And then, and they have that weird scene with all the female Marvel characters. Which at first, first time I saw it, I was sitting in the theater and I was like, "That's awesome." Yeah. Good for you, Marvel. 
give these ladies their due. <laughs> Put all of them on the screen at one time for 20 seconds, and then let's go back to the dudes. Yeah. It, this might be an unpopular opinion, and I might get some flack for this, but it's it did seem like pandering. It, it was 100% <laughs> Having pandering. all of them... When she, Spider-Man is just like, how are you going to get it past all of them? And one of... <laughs> one of the other Avengers is like, she'll have help. And it's like all the female Avengers like line up and they all like walk towards the camera together. And I was like, did they plan this? Yeah. Like, did they say overcomes? <laughs> ladies. Lady. lady. Need the ladies. <laughs> we need all the ladies on set. Um, I mean, but it, 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 it kind of was pandering. I mean, most of those characters are, Captain Marvel is one of the strongest characters in the entire MCU. Scarlet Witch is one of the most yeah, powerful and strongest characters in the MCU. Pepper Potts, not so much. <laughs> the ladies of Wakanda, probably the oh, most badass yeah, part of, badass as hell. of Black Panther. Uh, I don't even know who else, but give them more movies. Give, give them, them yes, give them more movies. You know, we're getting what we're getting. Shang Chi, the, yeah. the first Asian superhero, uh, Asian American, the Asian American first Asian American superhero. No, but it's like, you know, I don't care I don't care the gender of a superhero. I don't care the color of a superhero's skin. Um, you know, obviously I I promote representation and I like that Black Panther was successful and I like that Captain Marvel was successful. But like, you know, I'm interested in a good movie and a good story with good characters. I could care less about who the character is or what their orientation is or what their background is. So when I see scenes like that or movies that promote themselves like that, I'm just kind of I kind of like roll my eyes a little bit. Yeah, we we didn't we didn't need that. No, it's not it was not necessary. If I actually if I recall that that did, that scene did get some some flack uh, yeah. from people who saw the movie, and I think there was a producer who was on set who was just like let's 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 add this little moment. Yeah, it'll be nice. At first, when you first see it, you're like, oh, this is you're high, like, this oh, is this sick. is awesome. Go, ladies. Yeah. And then you take a second to kind of think about it. Yeah. But it's like, imagine, imagine if there, if the, uh, the opposite of that happened. Imagine if there was like a male Avengers scene yeah. where it's just like, he'll have help. Yeah. And then it's just all <laughs> here the Here are his dude buddies. Yeah. Here are all the bros. It's like, uh, I don't think people would like that. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. Um, so, you know, I think that was really the only pandering moment, uh, in the movie. I think I don't th- really think there was anything else like that. Uh, that's you know it's that scene feels very out of place. Yeah, it uh, felt a little forced. Yeah, I mean you're sitting there watching, you're like, oh, I'm watching a movie. Yeah, <laughs> and something like that. If you have to force it, yeah, don't, don't do it. Don't force it. Don't yeah. force the ladies. Yeah, don't. that's yeah. That I mean that goes for any aspect of life. Don't don't force it. Don't force the ladies. We we discussed some things we didn't we didn't like. Uh, I think probably the the, the best moment of the whole movie and we were talking about this before and I believe you have it in our, our notes here is when that hammer moves a little bit when Thor's getting his ass kicked and that hammer moves a little bit oh baby my hammer was moving a little bit when that <laughs> hammer moved a little bit let me tell you about that brother and everyone's like oh shit and boom it flies right into Cap's hands and the theater loses their minds yeah I think people were, were jumping and screaming a child threw popcorn at me yes it was it was wild I was yelling. I don't think I've ever like yelled in a movie before. <laughs> never audibly. Never yelled. like y- y- like yelled at the screen. Yeah. But that that hammer flew in his hands, 
and I was just like I stood up and just started screaming, <laughs> and I learned something about myself. <laughs> yeah, dude, ha- that hammer gets hammers going. Absolutely, dude. Um, I I mean, the way that that whole kind of final battle played out was for for people who who were going in as fans of the MCU. It was it gave us everything that we that we could have wanted, right? We get we first we get that which is probably one of the coolest shots in, you know, the entire history of the MCU, uh, where where Cap is standing up on that hill and then we get that wide shot of just Cap and all of Thanos' mm-hmm, army mm-hmm. and it's just him against them. It's like super iconic. And then you start to hear those Wakanda drums beating. Mm-hmm. You hear those Wakanda drums beating and then you hear Falcon on your left, Cap. And Falcon comes swooping in. We see all of Doctor Strange loves magic circles <laughs> opening up, and we see all of our favorite characters coming back. We're getting Falcon. We're getting Bucky. We're getting Doctor Strange. We're getting Black Panther. We're getting whoever else died in, in Infinity War or got dusted in Infinity War. We're getting them all back, and then we get another wide shot, and it's Cap and his whole army against Thanos and his whole army, and Cap finally gets to he say says it. Avengers assemble. Yes. And, and everyone in the theater fucking loses their minds. <laughs> everyone knows, you know, oh man, we're we're gonna battle now and this is gonna be the last one and it's gonna be sweet. It's that great panning shot they do when they have them all lined up and like the camera slowly pans across everybody who's come back through those strange love portals. <laughs> and, and then it like it's it, it it stops panning right on cap and you have Tony right next to him you have Thor right next to him, and you have Hulk right behind them, and it's like, there are the four of them, and he says it, and they all fucking yell, and they just start, like, marching forward, and, and uh, it's, yeah, it's just insanity. And it's like, you 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 can see the script writers being like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, 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 this yeah. is good. Yeah, let's go. Around the, the writing table. Yeah. Yeah. And then we, I mean, we got another, I guess, kind of callback to a line that we were all waiting for, you know, we get through the whole battle. Thanos seems to be on top. Tony Stark steals the gems or whatever they're called from him. The Infinity the Stones. The Infinity Stones. Yeah. Let's call them Infinity Gems Infinity. just to piss off <laughs> yeah. Marvel fans. Oh, they're actually stones. Yeah. <laughs> oh, as a matter of fact, they're Infinity Stones, not Infinity Gems. <laughs> and he gets all the in- Infinity Gems back, and Thanos is like, here's my Josh Brolin again. I told you, I am inevitable. And Tony Stark says... Yeah, and I am Iron Man. And just another moment of everyone just jumping up and losing their shit, more popcorns being thrown. If if he hadn't done that, Rocket Raccoon was about to get eaten by the giant flying snake. Oh man, that would have been terrible. We would have lost Bradley Cooper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, What would we do in a world without Bradley Cooper? He needs work, dude. You can't kill Bradley Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) He needs work. (laughs) That guy is struggling. Yeah. Uh, I want to look it up, but I think Bradley Cooper might have been... He might have uh, been paid the third highest out of everyone in that film, which is insane. It's absurd. Have you seen the footage of uh, uh, James Gunn's brother, uh, Sean Gunn, who plays... uh, I can't remember the character's name. He's like a a secondary or tertiary character in the Guardian movies. Um, But he's the stand-in for Rocket on set. So anytime they're filming the scenes, he's like walking around on all fours, That's and it's, it's just Sean Gunn in a little green suit. 
That's actually amazing. It's like how it's like this is why these actors are getting paid the big bucks is because they can't they don't laugh when yeah. they have a scene <laughs> with Sean Gunn in a little green jumpsuit. Um, he was paid the third highest. Yeah, I, I would believe that. I believe that. I think Downey Jr. made like what fifty mil on this movie. Yeah, he made fifty something mil. It's absurd. Yeah absurd yeah I don't blame him for wanting to bow out and like be like no I'm 100% I'm, good. I'm done I'm, I'm not yeah. doing it anymore he, I, I he never needs to work again I don't need any more of these Robert Downey Jr 50 mil Chris Evans took a bit of a pay cut 15 mil wow how about that chump change dude yeah Hemsworth 15 where where's, where are the big bucks give me the, give me the big bucks huh this is useless. This is totally useless. Yeah, I just whatever. You guys can look it up for yourselves. I just want to know how much the raccoon made, dude. You guys can look it up for yourselves. Just know it was a lot of money. That's all you need to know. God, this movie made what three three billion dollars? Good. Completely. Take God. more of my money. They're never. Can't dude, wait for that box set. They're never. They're never gonna stop making these movies, yeah. dude. Dude, it's Merry Merry Christmas. The amount of box sets that are gonna be purchased around Christmas time for people. Good God. The Infinity Saga, I believe they're calling it, on Blu-ray. Yeah, that's pretty lame. That's kind of a lame name. But you know what? Do you, Disney. Keep yeah. doing you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You keep doing you, and, and we'll keep doing us. We'll be, <laughs> we'll, be, we'll be right here. Far be it from me to tell them how to do their job. I think they're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. We're doing all right. But uh, to sum it up, Raph, um, I think we both like the film. Yeah, as much as I want to dislike it, I... I you know, I did. I'm, I'm, I'm such a cynic, dude. Like, I, I sat down in my chair, I was like, ooh, everybody's gonna love it. Can't wait to find things I don't like about it. But I was very pleasantly surprised with how on board I was with everything I was watching. And, like, I like time travel movies. Because, yeah. like, I like the inner workings of it and how they explain it. And I thought they did a good job with the rules of how it works in this. Where it's like, oh, if you go back in time, you're not really going back in time. It's just, like, kind of an alternate reality. Yeah. Um, which was interesting. Uh, and you know that saves them from the paradoxical bullshit of like oh well everything was going to happen the way it was uh, supposed to happen happened. because yeah. if you go back in time and all of this was happening while they were doing this other stuff yeah. Um, and like you know of course you can you, there have been films and you can write a film that works with that premise in an interesting and uh, you know way that makes sense uh, but the way they did it I thought was good uh, and preserves everything that happened. Because what I was worried about, like, going into it, I was like, oh, it's going to be a time travel movie. Because uh, there's that scene at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp where uh, Michelle Pfeiffer is like, hey, Scott, don't get trapped in a time vortex. And I was like, oh, I wonder if he's going to get trapped in a time Dude, vortex. I hate time vortexes. <laughs> the worst. But I was worried going into this because I was like, oh, no, like, are they going to do some time fuckery and undo the events of everything and nobody's going to remember... Yeah what happened and everything's fine and dandy and I'm really glad they didn't do that uh, really really glad they didn't do that because they completely removes the stakes and it's like oh well then none of this other shit matters at all um, but they didn't and I thought the way they handled it was very effective and I really really enjoyed it uh, and I'm looking forward to, to watching it again when it, it comes out uh, on VHS I'll buy you the uh, I'll buy you the box set Thanks, dude. On VHS. If we can watch all 23 in one sitting. It'll be great. Yeah. Sounds like a good weekend. Fantastic. Well, all right, guys. This has been Reel Me In. I hope we reeled you in. Yeah. We'll reel you in next time. Yeah, yeah. I think, uh, if I recall correctly, I have a feeling that uh, we're going to keep on this train of, of superhero films. Sounds good. So if that interests you, tune in again. Until then. See you next time, folks. 
Adios. We need better sign-offs. We do need better sign-offs. Comment below <laughs> your suggestion <laughs> for a sign-off for us.